0: What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier ATHLEANX.com. Today we're going to talk about knock knees. Something more technically called knee valgus, but which when our knees start to cave in and you get that look that looks like a little baby bird, right? You probably don't like it, but more importantly, it's causing and wreaking havoc on the rest of your body, I promise you. But there's two types of this. The first and a little bit less severe is the type that actually happens only when you do certain exercises, or more importantly, the down or the bottom portion of a squat. But Otherwise, you're good to go. You only see it in that bottom portion of a squat, versus the other people who walk around with knock knees all the time, who have that inward caving in of the knees all the time. Both of them, again, are going to cause a problem if you don't fix them. I want to show you how to fix both of those. All right, So let's start with the lesser of the two, and we're going to get Jesse under the squat bar to help show that. Okay, so here we are now with a great view of Jesse's knees. Hey, everybody. Right, but not what you're wanting to see here. But I promise you it's going to be helpful to understanding what it is when we talk about that first less permanent, more transient, or functional valgus that we get, especially on a squat. And I want to show you why that really happens. So, Jesse, why don't you come on and grab the bar? What's happening is as Jesse goes down to a squat, this is what you'll see. As he gets down lower, the knees cave in, and then as he gets back out, the knees will go back out again. So, show it again. In, they cave, and then they come back out. Go down, they cave in, then they come back out. Why are they caving and why are your knees caving in like that at the bottom? Mostly it's due to a lack of strength in your quads. Okay, so similar to when I'm doing a bicep curl, we know that the hardest part of the curl is right here in the middle of it, when our arms and our elbows are at 90 degrees. So what happens when I need to get through that part of the range of motion? I either lift my arm up to let the shoulder sort of help me out here, or I lean back to let the low back help, but both of them are trying to lift the bar higher to get me out of that range of motion. As soon as I can get past that part then all those compensations usually go away and I'm able to resume doing just an elbow curl. Well, what happens here with the squat – come down again – when we're down in this position here maximally loading the quads right at that 90 degree or a little bit lower position, if your quads aren't strong enough here, they have to get recruitment and help. Go ahead, and then they will pull on the muscles that are in best position to be able to do that, and that is the adductors or the hamstrings, right? Because when we know with the with feet in this position here, usually wider than shoulder width, and the knees tracking outward as you go down into the squat like that, the biggest stretch is on the adductors at the moment, so they can actually pull momentarily, give you a little bit of that. And he keeps coming up right past that point now. It's no longer that difficult on his quads. So now they can get out of it and he can come back up the rest of the way. So it's a compensation for usually having a weakness in your quads that can't withstand the load that you're putting on, the, on your shoulders. So the two real easy ways to sort of minimize that and work around that, number one, your ego is not going to like this, but it's to lessen the weight that you're using on the bar and make sure you can command every single rep without allowing the knees to cave in. And Number two it's going to be to narrow your stance a little bit so you aren't putting the adductors at this mechanical advantage and this ability to really do that and, – and, and there goes Lucky. Bye, Lucky – to be able to, to, to kick in here and help you at the bottom. The next thing you can do, though is you can actually work to strengthen the hips themselves, which is going to be a better long-term approach for everybody, including the more severe group here that we're going to address now. Okay, so it helps to break out Raymond to show you what is actually going on and why your knees are in the condition. Hopefully not this bad, but he's got knocked knees here. He's got knees that cave in. and I'm saying that these are things, if, if they're in a more severe condition, are happening to you all the time. It's not just functionally with a single exercise. So, what's happening here? The first thing you have to understand is when you look at the knee joint itself, it's, it's not really like an entity, it's actually just the result of two other bones that are making it up. I call this a consequential joint because it doesn't really matter what you're talking about when it, in regard to the knee unless you want to talk about what's actually happening at the tibia from the bottom and what's actually happening from the femur at the top. Right? Because it's the reaction of what's going on with those two bones that determines what's going on with the knee. So, you never want to look to the knee for the source of the problem. You look above and below. So let's start below because this is where a lot of stuff happens. And I'm going to show you on myself here how flat feet can really, really contribute to this knee valgus and what you need to do to fix it. Because we know that a, a leg that sits properly should look like that. As the arch here collapses towards the ground, as it will, and it over Pronates, right, as it will with somebody that has flat feet, you can see that it actually drives the tibia in with it. As this drives in, if this stays out here, you got this gapping going on here at the knee. You got that valgus, right? So you got that gapping and knock knee because of this over pronation, all your body weight driving down and in. So if we can correct this, then we have an opportunity to sort of get this back out and take some of that valgus stress away from the knee. If you look at the hip here as well, what we can do is we can get some internal rotation of the femur in the hip, right up here, that drives this again down and in and creates this gapping here of the knee from the top down. So, we need to address both the top and the bottom. Let's start with the foot, though, and talk about the flat foot condition and show you how you can do some things to actually loosen up particular muscles and then strengthen others to really start to fix this and make this better. All right. So, we have to fix the, the feet, again, from the bottom up. If we're going to try to work on this knee condition here, we got to make sure that we're fixing the feet from below because of what's happening at the tibia, like I just showed. So now, here's why it's so important. When the foot overpronates, what happens is this lower leg here rotates down and in, which brings the knee down and gaps it in like that. So we know that what happens is that the muscles on the outside of the leg here get adaptively shortened and tight because you're in this position all the time. Remember, this is the chronic form of this. This is the one that you're in all the time. So these muscles get tight. So here's what I want you to do. The first thing is you got to attack this trigger point that's located right on the outside of that lower leg there, as Jesse's showing you. Okay, so what you do is you can either take your fingers, or you could take a lacrosse ball. You take something, and you put your finger on that spot. And then what you want to do is you want to rotate your ankle in the direction he's doing here. So you're actually trying to floss that muscle, that peroneal muscle underneath your finger there. And you'll you'll want to scream or jump through the roof if this is actually something that you deal with on a long time basis here. This is going to be tight. And on top of that, you also want to stretch this muscle. So you're going to do the stretch here that Jesse's showing you, too. What you're going to do is you're going to cross your leg over and then you want to point your toes down, right, like you're trying to go up on your tippy toes. And then from there, you're trying to twist your foot at the same time that you're pulling it down. You're trying to twist it up towards the ceiling. And the good thing here, too, is that because of the position of your hips here into external rotation, any of the hip internal rotation tightness that you have which likely you're going to, as you're going to see, is going to be addressed here, too. So it's a great one-two punch. But beyond that now, you want to strengthen the muscles that are probably becoming too weak here and not helping you to maintain that arch, therefore not allowing you to keep that better position at the knee. So here's where you would hook uh, a band onto your foot here and do some of the exercises here. Now, ironically, it's not just trying to strengthen the muscle that's on the opposite side here, which is the posterior tib. While it's functionally opposite of what you're doing for the perineal muscles that are tight, I can tell you right now the perineal muscles are also probably not strong. Your whole stirrup there is weak. So you want to actually strengthen them as well. And you could do that with this exercise here, where you're actually just trying to resist the motions of eversion of the foot as you go and you move your ankle in this direction. So the point being is that, Your muscles got tight here because gravity is pulling you down in that position, not because you're actively pulling yourself down to that flat foot position. You're just letting gravity win here. That's what's causing these muscles to stay in this shortened position and over time become tight. So stretch them out, strengthen them on both sides, and you'll be moving yourself in the direction now of fixing at least from this point down. Now let's work on it from this point up. Okay, so if we've got the bottom up to the knee, now we got to work from the top down. And that means we got to target the hip because the hip is going to be what controls the femur here, which is really half of that knee joint, as we talked about in the beginning. Well, I'm going to tell you right now the number one problem that's causing this knee, this femur, to internally rotate here is a weakness in the external rotators or the abductors of the leg. and I can tell you it doesn't matter how much you're squatting, it doesn't matter how strong you are as a squatter, it doesn't matter how much lunging you're doing. Guys, if you're not paying attention to the small muscles here of the hip that allow it to be externally rotated and control the external rotation of the hip, then you're not doing enough. And I know this is the boring stuff, but um, this video was made to help you to finally overcome this. So if you could just commit to doing maybe three or four sets, two or three times a week, you're gonna go a long way to finally fixing this position of the knee because, as I said, consequentially, this knee is getting killed. It's getting destroyed here because of this position, this knock knee position, and you're trying to do anything out of that is a recipe for disaster. So, when we look at the hip itself, we gotta abduct it. So, how can we abduct it? I like this side lying exercise here because it can be scaled to all levels of strength. So, if you start here in a weaker position here, we know it's weak, you're gonna put your hands on the ground, you get your foot uh, assisting you on the ground. You're just trying to go into this side plank lift, where you're really trying to abduct that hip on the bottom there to start strengthening it. But what I like, again, is that I don't have to just stay there as I get stronger because it's going to become too easy. When I want to go a little bit more after advanced level strength here, then I could take away my hand. Or I could even take away that foot and lift that other leg up off the ground entirely so that all the work now is being done by that bottom hip into abduction. So it's a great way to scale yourself and make sure you continue to put the heat on that hip and make it do its job. But beyond that, we also have to strengthen those external rotators. So what I like to do is I like to take this band and wrap it just above the knee. Right, Not below because we don't want to torque the knee too much. Put it above the knee and we allow ourselves, as Jesse's doing here, to get himself into internal rotation at the hip. As far as he can go. So that the excursion, the amount of range of motion that he has into external rotation is maximized. So as he gets into position here, now the exercise starts because now he wants to try to pull against the resistance of that band, get it all the way out here as, as far externally rotated as he can, hold it for a brief count. Come back in nice and slow, eccentric control is a great great asset to have when you're talking about the hip because as you go down into that squat you're going to get internal rotation naturally, but you want to be able to eccentrically control it as well. So you want to make sure that you're doing both halves of that exercise, but most importantly both of these exercises to start correcting it from the top down. So guys, you start from the bottom up, you start from the top down. I don't care where you start, but both of them have to be there because we know the knee is a factor of both of them. So There you have it, guys. No matter whether your condition is more temporary or more longstanding, you see here that the areas of attack that you want to focus on are the same. you got to work from the bottom up, you got to work from the top down, and stop blaming your knee because it's not the problem. Even though it's the thing that looks so messed up, that's not what's really going on here. You have to make sure you're attacking the real root cause, and hopefully I've shown you a very simple way to do that. I've also put together a complete program, guys, that likes to put the science back in strength, but in a way that allows you to Find the things that work, do only the things that work, and stop wasting time doing the things that don't. All of our programs are built on that same principle. At the same time, helping you to look like an athlete, guys, because at the end of the day, we want to perform and look better. Those are all available over at AthleanX.com. If you found this video helpful, leave your comments below. Let me know what else I can help you with, and I'll do my best to do that in the future videos. All right, guys, see you soon.